Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk this week's SmackDown Live. Bully tries to hijack my WWE power rankings again, and we'll take a dive into the unknown with the Firefly Funhouse. SmackDown Live looked very similar to Monday Night Raw this week. We'll talk about why the wild card rule may be doing more bad than good for the Blue Brand. The most polarizing segment every week on Busted Open is my weekly WWE Power Rankings. We'll give you who's up and who's down after the Super Showdown, and Bully Ray will once again try to ruin it. Plus, Bray Wyatt gives us another glimpse of what Fiend is capable of on the Firefly Funhouse this week. Is his message on Twitter a hint that we may be seeing him back in the ring soon? All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I just feel like we're getting back to a time where, like you just said before, Bully, like, hey, they're changing the narrative. Forget the wild card rule. If they want a story to continue on SmackDown, they're going to have a story continue on SmackDown. And let's just break it down, okay? And I want to get your take on this for sure. So you have everything start on SmackDown with Miz TV. We had Miz TV on Monday Night Raw. So here you are the next night, and you're getting Miz TV again. We got Miz TV on Raw within the first half hour of the show, and now you're getting Miz TV to open up SmackDown on a Tuesday night. Then you have Drew McIntyre, who you saw on Monday Night Raw. You have Shane McMahon, who you saw on Monday Night Raw. And then you get, like I said, the 50-50 booking. You get a Nikki Cross-Bailey match. Again, with this time, Bailey winning. So you get, you're back to that 50-50 booking. You know, you have the New Day, who you saw on Monday Night Raw. You have Sami Zayn, who you saw on Monday Night Raw. You have Kevin Owens, who you saw on Monday Night Raw. I mean, dear God, the first hour of SmackDown last night felt like the fourth hour of Monday Night Raw. I mean, why would you now have two shows that are almost identical to one another? Why would you have two shows where most of the roster that you're putting on TV you just saw less than 24 hours ago? WWE has such a huge roster, so many guys that they're not even using. Like, you thought that they had the superstar shakeup so that wrestlers that weren't getting an opportunity on one show are now going to get that opportunity on another show. 
But now you're even taking the main wrestlers that used to be on SmackDown and you're burying them to continue stories that started on Monday night. I think they're making a big mistake right now. And it's funny that they're they're doing this so close to the move to Fox in October. And you want an answer from me as to why they're doing yes. it, right? Well, to quote Louis Spicoli. Not Louis Spicoli, Jeff Spicoli. Okay. I don't know. I have zero clue why you're seeing this. I can understand why they might have one or two talents on Raw and SmackDown, and that should only be your biggest gun, in my opinion. But I don't know why there's a majority of people that are on the roster that you don't see on Raw or SmackDown. It would be nice to get a little bit of a mix-up. You're right. We're seeing the same guys on both shows. Yep. We want something different. We want a different storyline. I, I, listen, last night I loved seeing Tucky and Otis. I did too. That was honestly that was probably my favorite segment from SmackDown last night. There you night. go. I mean, I'm such a fan of Otis. It's not even funny. I mean, that guy's got star written all over him. There are so many fun WWE esque things that they could do with him. I think that they do should do the WWE's version of The Bachelor with Otis. They should do the dating game with Otis. Anything where every girl in the company is somehow attracted to Otis. Would that be fun? Why not? Yes, it would be fun. Or it doesn't have to be every girl in the company. But yeah, I know where you're coming from. You know, two of the women vying for Otis's, uh, uh, you know, know, for love. And then he takes them out to a nice romantic dinner and it's just a big pile of meat. You know, (laughs) and I don't don't know. Something interesting. Because Tucky and Otis as a tag team... I haven't seen enough of them, and I don't know why I haven't seen enough of them. What's the point of bringing the guys up if you're not going to do anything with them? One thing that I thought was a positive, not only for SmackDown last night, but also for Raw, is you have some of this, and this is something that Mark and I were getting into and when we talked about that the mid-card was being highlighted. You're having the mid-card shine going up against enhancement talent. That's a great way to get that over. Instead of having these matches where you're going to get 50-50 booking, where no one gets over, I'd rather have these tag teams and these mid-card titles and mid-card talent going up, up there against enhancement talent, shining. Even if it's like a three- or four-minute match, they shine. They get their finishers out there. It gives them a chance to really get connected with the crowd. That's the one positive that I would say from both Raw and SmackDown this week. So when you saw Tucky and Otis last night, did you feel like that they connected with the crowd beating up the two local guys? I I do. I really do. Really? I I thought so. How about when the bell rang? What were were people in the uh, arena chanting? What were they chanting? YOLO. That was the name of the enhancement guys tag team. They were the YOLO champions. The YOLO's over. The YOLO okay. County tag team champions yeah. are over. So, so the, <laughs> nobody was chanting heavy machinery. Nobody was ta- uh, chanting go Otis or go Tucky. Because they don't they know were... them yet. That's a, wait, you, wait a minute. Go... Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. How do they not know them yet? They've been on the roster now for at least three months. They have, but have they really given them an opportunity to shine in front of the crowd? They've given them something in the past. What I'd like to see is a lot more, but I don't think wrestling to enhancement guys is good. You're going to tell me that there's not two other guys in the back. You couldn't You couldn't use Apollo Crews and, I don't know, uh, Bobby Roode to have a tag team match against uh, Tucky and Otis and give them a good 
strong win in a wrestling match? I mean, if Apollo and Bobby Roode are going to be chasing the 24-7 championship like something out of a, a, a something out of a cartoon back in the 80s, catch that pigeon, catch that pigeon. Catch you're gonna that have, pigeon there now. There you go, you know? You know? If you're going to have them running around chasing something, why not put two guys together and have a good match for Otis and Tucker? You could do that down the road. Bully, I, I— What I, down the road? Bully, bully, what what I, down the road? I actually disagree with you on this. I okay. think the best way to get this mid-card talent over is against enhancement talent. You get mid-card talent over by having them beat other mid-card talent that you're not necessarily doing anything with. What is Apollo Crews doing now? He's not doing anything. What is Bobby Roode doing He's now? not doing anything. So why not just throw them together for the night and give those other guys a good win? I— I think what it's you, a stronger you, win than beating the YOLO champions. But I, I actually think you have a better chance of getting them over going up against enhancement talent than you do against Apollo Crews and Bobby Roode. Because why hurt Apollo Crews and Bobby Roode? Have them go up against enhancement talent. Who cares? If you want to get them over against enhancement talent, before when the bell rang, the enhancement talent should have jumped. Tucky and Otis, and the enhancement talent should have got some heat on those guys. I think, so, oh man, I think that match last night on SmackDown did more for them than what they've done over the last two months on the main roster. Completely disagree. Oh God, I love it. I love if it. If they would have went about the match a different way, maybe. So if 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 they would have had, um, uh, if the bell would have rang and both of those guys would have jumped the bigger guy, mm-hmm. okay. And then they would have just built to a hot tag to Otis. Otis comes in, blows the comeback. Now they beat somebody. If you don't make somebody, you didn't beat anybody. Yesterday, Heavy Machinery beat two nobodies because they didn't make them first. That lesson was taught to me by Jerry Briscoe. And if Jerry Briscoe is going to teach you that lesson, it might be worth learning. But you had the tag team champions outside that ring. They did it in front of the tag team champions. So it's what? Because like, it's just so that that match, at some point down the road, you're going to see heavy machinery going up against the tag team that champions. That wasn't the point you were making. The point you were making is that last night did a tremendous amount of good for heavy machinery. I say I do not agree. If they would have done the match a different way, if they would have built to something... They didn't make these young guys first. If you make them... But they're jobbers. No, 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 no. You don't get it. You don't get it. If you don't make somebody, you didn't beat anybody. You have to make them credible. In five minutes, you can make those two local guys credible. All they have to do is play the douchebag heel, jump the baby faces, build to a hot tag, give them the walrus or the worm or whatever the hell it's called, and beat them with your finish. Otherwise, they didn't beat anybody. But this is a way to showcase that team. Now people know who Heavy Machinery is. I guarantee you half the crowd at SmackDown last night didn't even know who that tag team was. Dave, if you get any guy on any wrestler on the phone who's worth his weight in in, in salt knows that if you don't make anybody you didn't beat anybody and even when it comes to enhancement talent make them make them for a minute or two this way when you make them you've actually beat somebody like what you're hearing catch busted open live weekdays from 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. Raw and SmackDown have come and gone. Let's see who's up. Yes! Yes! 
And who's down? No! No! In this week's Busted Open WWE WWE Power Rankings. WWE! WWE Power Rankings. Did you hear what I said, world? WWE, not New Japan, not Ring of Honor, not Impact Wrestling, not MLW, not IWF, not PCW, not POCW, not WWWWF. It's the WWE Power Rankings. Not the Raw SmackDown NXT 205 Live Power Rankings. But the Raw and SmackDown WWE Power Rankings. All right, here we go. At number five, this man holds a title. At number five, he's your Universal Champion. And his name is... Who do you Seth- think you are? That's right, Hot Take Camel. It's Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins at number five. Now, at number four, Bullion, I know you're a big fan. And he, you saw him on Friday at Super Showdown. You saw him on Monday Night Raw. And you saw him again on SmackDown last night. And he is at number four. Oh, Shane with a kick right to the face. But a right hand dropped Shane. And Shane hit the official. And McIntyre with a Claymore. McIntyre with a Claymore. The official was blinded. He didn't see it. And Shane steals the win. That's right. You got him on Friday. You got him on Monday. You got him on Tuesday. And he actually gets the win at Super Showdown against Roman Reigns. At number four, I have Shane McMahon. At number three, we talk about trending upward. Momentum trending. I don't care what you throw out there. He is on the uptick at number three. Ron's not finished with you. He's about to be. Strowman again. Running power slam. That's it. Ron Strowman with the win over a very game Lashley. When I look at the second half of 2019, Bully, this is going to be one of the major players in the WWE. Very big end of 2017 and beginning of 2018. Things started to fall apart towards the end of the year. And then obviously has not been a good first half of the year for Braun Strowman. But you know what? Getting a big win at Super Showdown on Friday. And the way he came out on Monday Night Raw. Doing things in the ring, Bully, that we've never seen him do before. I really love what I'm getting from Braun Strowman. And I have him at number three. And looking back to Super Showdown, I felt that this guy, in a win, had the best match of the night. Now the King of Kings, where he wants to be. And oh, 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 out of nowhere, Randy Orton with a vintage RKO and the win Sometimes he gets overlooked, but you know what? He always finds a way to land on my power rankings at number two, especially coming off what I thought was the match of the night and a big win over Triple H, Randy Orton, at number two. And this guy has found his way not only on my power rankings, but usually right there at the top. Ziggler rolled out of harm's way. Trouble in paradise missed. Ziggler's got him. Roll up by Dolph. Shoulders are down. Kobe able to kick. Oh! Xavier Woods on the payback. Into trouble in paradise on Ziggler. And Kobe To quote Renee Young, oh, at number one, 
I have your WWE champion, Kofi Kingston. So, my WWE, WWE, Raw and SmackDown power rankings at number five, your universal champion, Seth Rollins. At number four, Shane McMahon. At number three, Braun Strowman. At number two, Randy Orton. And at number one, Kofi Kingston. Flip one and two. You put Randy at one? Randy with a clean win over Triple H in the middle. Kofi needed a little bit of help, despite it was a receipt. Mm -hmm. I thought Orton's win was stronger. I thought Orton had the match of the night. I agree with you. I agree with you. And you want to know something? I, was, I would still keep it one and two, Kofi, Randy, Orton. But honest to God, Bully, I have no problems with what you said. Man, you, you, sometimes we overlook the greatness of Randy Orton, but he showed it again. And listen, there's been a lot of criticism about Triple H, especially coming out of WrestleMania and that lengthy, lengthy match he had with Batista. And if you look back at the last seven WrestleManias, most likely you'll see in time of match, it's usually a Triple H match. And again, at Super Showdown, the longest match was a Triple H match, but it was the best match on the show and a victory for Randy Orton. Can't argue with you, but I'd probably still go with your WWE champion, Kofi Kingston, at one, but I have no problems with you putting Randy Orton at number one, Bully. You want to hear me try to back up my my argument for ring rust when it comes to uh, Triple H versus Orton? Sure. What are the last two matches that Triple H has had? Well, yeah, the, the the Orton match on Friday, and then before that, the match with Batista at WrestleMania 35. Before Orton, he worked with Batista, right? Yes. Decent match with Batista, but a Batista a little rusty? Yes. Okay. Before that, there was this, the, the match in Saudi yeah, the tag with, Triple, match. with Triple H and Shawn Michaels against um, a Taker and Kane. Everybody a little bit rusty? Yes. His match against Orton, Orton Rusty? No. Not at all. Hunter was in there with a machine. So, you see, when you take time off, no matter how great you are, Batista's a great entertainer, Sean's a great wrestler, Kane, Taker, great wrestlers, great entertainers. But if you're Rusty, things aren't exactly going to go right. Now, I thought Hunter versus Batista at Mania went really well. I think it was severely overlooked. I thought I was entertained by it. Still, a little bit of rust. It's going to happen because you haven't been in the ring. Same thing with that tag match at, at Saudi, the Saudi show. But Orton versus Triple H, Orton's a machine. He can. I mean, listen, Ric Flair told you he's the Orton is the guy. So, as far as your power rankings for the WWE is concerned, I'd flip one and two, and the rest, yeah, I guess so. Okay, all right. I like But I got a little surprise for you. Oh, boy. A little surprise for you. How about we do some pro wrestling power rankings that has nothing to do with the WWE? Huh? Ah. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's your show. Oh, now it's my show? Good. If it's my show, we're getting rid of the WWE power rankings and we're turning it into the busted open pro wrestling power rankings. But I but I like the WWE power rankings. Here we go. The Bully Ray pro wrestling power rankings for this week. In at number five. You love him, I love him. It seems the whole world loves him right now. Probably the hottest wrestler on the planet, John Moxley. He beat a young guy in Umino, but it was a definitive win for him. And if you go on the New Japan YouTube page, 
Three million views, the most amount of views that New Japan has ever had. So coming in at number five, we got John Moxley. Moxley talked about winning the U.S. title and continuing. Here we go. Double arm, DDT, Death Rider, Death Rider has done it. Death Rider. I like Dirty Deeds better, but he's got Death Rider now. Whatever. Moxley in at number five. In at number four. This goes to my point. You don't have to go over to get over. My guy at number four actually lost his match but had a real powerful showing. For a victory, a successful title defense for Okada in one of the biggest events of the year at Dominion has now turned in to a Chris Jericho showcase of violence. And now Okada the chair jams right into his throat. In at number four, our buddy Chris Jericho. Yeah, Okada beat him, but he laid Okada out definitively. Totally disrespected the IWGP champion. Tanahashi comes in to make the save. You get your face off with Jericho and Tanahashi. Um, a very powerful moment, a very good moment. Uh, Jericho did not lose to the Rainmaker. Uh, strong showing from Jericho. In at number three. A guy that I think could be the performer of 2019 so far. Because he only wrestles in Japan, we don't get to speak about him a lot, but he had one hell of a victory, and this guy is just an aerial artist. My number three. Up on the shoulders. Here we go. Man, did you hear those Japanese fans after that one, two, three? Will Ospreay over Dragon Lee. Uh, phenomenal match, athletic match, entertaining match. Could you use a little bit more psychology? Yeah, maybe, but it is what it is. Will Ospreay, like I said, as far as 2019 is concerned, he is the guy for me. In at number two, a, one, uh, um, uh, a guy that is kind of near and dear to me because I got to wrestle him in the Tokyo Dome when he was a young boy, a guy who's extremely entertaining no matter where he's wrestling in the world, the leader of Los Ingobernables. He'll try it again. Destino! Naito with an incredible win over Kota Ibushi, and now your IWGP New Japan Intercontinental Champion. Uh, always got a special spot in my cold black heart for Naito. Uh, I love what he does. And in at number one, you want to talk about credible champions. I don't know if there's anybody more credible right now than my number one. Rainmaker, no. Jericho underneath again. Codebreaker attempts. What? Sits right down to... He got it! Not many people get to put Jericho's back on the mat for three seconds, but Okada did. Your IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Okada. So here we go. In at five, Moxley. In at four, Jericho. In at three, Osprey. In at two, Naito. And your number one in the Bully Ray pro freaking wrestling power rankings for this week is Okada. Wow.
If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. There were things about Raw and SmackDown that I do like. And I think the one consistent, and I was thinking about this, Bully, last hour when you were asking me about what I like and what I would pay to see and and what's really working. I think consistently on a week-to-week basis, the best thing that I like about Monday Night Raw is Firefly Funhouse. Think about it. Here's the problem. It's not something you could buy a ticket for. It's a, a, what, 90-second video that's up on a screen. It's not taking place in the ring. It's nothing you can buy a ticket for. But, my God, have they done a tremendous job of getting you back invested in Bray Wyatt. Would you say, Bully, that that's the best thing going on in the main roster right now for the WWE? The things that I am most entertained by in the WWE right now are Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse and the 24-7 Championship. And none of them really have any wrestling involved in it at all. Uh, Wrestling-wise, there's a lot of guys and gals out there that can put on great wrestling matches. I like my wrestling matches to have a little bit more than just a great wrestling match. I need some kind of a I need some kind of a story attached to it, and maybe that's why I like the twenty four champion seven championship so much because there's a story every week. There's something going on there. It's entertaining. Bray's doing a phenomenal job. Bray didn't apologize to me yet, though. Well, uh, let's get into that because Bray put out this text. I'm a text. His this tweet. And this is what it said. It said, I want to make you smile. I'm glad I have. But please don't be silly enough to forget what I can do when I want to. When will you all learn to never doubt me? What we do from now on will change everything. Promise. I have had too much time to think. No mistakes. Too much time with too many critics rambling on about what I am capable of. You will see. This time is different. I'm not afraid anymore. I have Fiend now, and Fiend is ready. Yowie wowie, I'll pray for you. Hugs and kisses, Bray. Is that Alistair Fiend, Motley Crue's mascot? I I, I think it's the Fiend in Bray Wyatt. Yeah, listen, I would tune into Raw every single week just to see Bray terrorize the entire company. And that's what I've said from day one. All we've gotten is a taste. We saw Sami Zayn strung up, and we kind of thought it might have been Bray, but that's like four weeks ago. So all we've gotten is the Firefly Funhouse. I want to see go. I want to see every single week on Raw and SmackDown something really horrible happen to the talent. I want to see people locked away, strung upside down. Afraid of the dark, anything and everything that has to do with Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Jason, or any of these horror movies, I want to see him like, or more comparably, like the movie It, how It, the scary clown, terrorized you know all the yep. children. I want to see 
Bray Wyatt terrorize every superstar in the WWE. Now, in- Bray Wyatt has it and he- reminds me of it. Thus, portray him as it. I, I agree with you, and and I agree with you with the it factor as well, which makes Bray Wyatt must-see TV every single week. Now, in this, he talks about the critics rambling. He kind of took a little shot at you, Bully, on social media. What's that all about? Oh, that was because I sent out that tweet the other night. I, I found it funny, and this and it was, it was a total joke, and I think we all know that. So... I remember when I was told we can't use the bully name in the WWE. Yeah. Which, which is fine with me. But then Bray Wyatt goes and he smashes in a rabbit's brains and he eats it as jelly. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a double standard. But I was, I'm, I'm being, you know, I'm totally you know, I know. Jo- I joking know. around with it. You know, and plus, you know, he, he apologized to Orton for what he did to him. He's been apologizing to a lot of people lately. He hasn't apologized to me for eliminating me from the Royal Rumble in 2015. My feelings are hurt. Yes. Bullies have feelings, too. I, I, I agree. And sometimes they chase the hug like you do with your pro wrestling power rankings in hour number two. Wait a minute. On a I, Wednesday. I chased the hug with my rankings? Oh, that, that would be the definition of chasing the hug. I mentioned people on my power rankings that some fans might even not even know about. And you're accusing me of chasing the hug. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no. (laughs) No, Dave. I have several texts from you that if I ever released to the public would prove that you are king of the hug chases. Interesting. Really? That's just coming from the heart. Oh, my God. You chased a Jericho hug so bad. I do not chase the Jericho You chased the Jer- Jericho is- hug. You chased the snake hug. That is not true. That is uh, that you is. You like so- the snake. You like the snake. I do like a snake. Snake is cool. But Snake and I are friends. He'll be the first one to tell you. I don't chase a hug. That's genuine friendship between Snake and I. I was not chasing any hugs with my power rankings. I was giving you what I thought they should be for the week. You know what? I could even take one guy out of my ratings and put Orton in there. No, you can't see now. What okay, I'm wait saying wait, is, wait what I'm saying is, I would like to compromise with you. There's no compromising here. First of all, you committed a sin last week, and nobody's calling you on it. You I committed commit, a sin. You committed, I committed a, sin. a sin by 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 giving you your chair back. Oh, and it's so comfortable too. And there's I mean, a picture of it. I, mean, I actually tweeted out. For you. Somebody tweeted out a picture of me sitting in the uh, in the host chair. You can find that at David LaGreca 1 and at Busted Open Radio. I look very comfortable you know, in the chair. Let me, okay, let me ask you a question. All right. I, I, I got I got a, Go uh, ahead. I, I got a tweet, and, and the tweet revolves around one word. And the word is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. And we're, and, and we're sitting here, and we're trying to figure out what's the problem with Raw? What's the problem with SmackDown? Why this? Why that? Why yeah. creatively? Blah, blah, blah. It, is the WWE giving us anything cool right now does the wwe have that coolness factor is anybody in the wwe cool i would think the coolest thing without a doubt and it's not even close is the firefly funhouse like that's cool like you have tom savini involved in that i mean like that that is cool it's unlike anything we've seen i you know what i'm gonna go a step further bully and i want to see what you have to say about this because i've talked about this with alex as cool as that two minutes is a Firefly Funhouse, the WWE has even found ways to get their sausage fingers on that as well. 
and almost make it uncool. How? By the way they preview and promo it before you go in and their reaction to it afterwards. And the fact that during it, they have the pan of the crowd of the big screen in the arena. I will agree about the panning of the arena. Because most of the time when they pan the arena, what is the arena doing? They're just looking at the screen. Exactly. So you're creating the perception that that what they're looking at is not exciting. Yeah, that percent. And you know what is, and I could be completely wrong on this bully and shoot me down if I am. That it's it's almost like there's some asshole in a production truck saying we got to show this camera angle so people know when they're going through the channels that this is Monday Night Raw and not something completely different than than our sports entertainment show. (laughs) What do you mean, pal? Like, you know, it, we, for two minutes, they're showing this, you know, fun house. That people aren't going to know this is the WWE. We got to show a, pa- a pan of the crowd so that they know that this is a live show and that this is Monday Night Raw. If it was up to me, and it's not, the Firefly Funhouse from day one would have interrupted the show every single week. And nobody would have ever talked about it. You wouldn't have said coming up next. And the announcers would apologize. Ladies and gentlemen, we're sorry about the interruption in the show. Moving on. And that would be it. Kind of like it- well, kind of like what they did with Bray Wyatt when they first were doing those little vignettes of Bray Wyatt. Exactly. They, it would it would you would see Michael Cole talking, and then it would go to that. It would go the scrambled screen, and then it would go to Bray Wyatt. And what would they do? There would be total darkness, and it would go to break. Almost like all right, hey, we got to get the break. Something's going on here. But instead, what they've done now is they have the the bizarre and crazy and scary Firefly Funhouse. And then, like last night, they have the pan of the crowd. And then when it's over, you look at Byron Saxton with his mouth wide open. Like, oh, my God, what was that I just saw? And and none of this is Bray's fault, as we all know. I know. Bray, Bray's doing an awesome job with what he's got. Like I said, I wouldn't have mentioned it. And then week after week after week of, of the Firefly Funhouse interrupting, that's eventually when I would have sent somebody to the truck, to the production truck, where all of this chaos has to be coming from. How are they cutting into the feed? And then when you walk into the production truck, what do you see? Fear. Where you see nothing. <laughs> They're all gone. Or they're laid out on the ground. Or somebody's, they're all, they're all taped to a chair. Anything scary. Anything creepy. But yeah, showing shots of the live audience, to me, doesn't do anything for the Firefly Funhouse. I agree. It actually, in a lot of ways, takes some things away. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.